You're listening to the postseason of Pod of Wonder. We're taking a break from our usual Wikipedia-based world-building in order to bring you games, world-building experiments, and other stuff. Hello, Wanderers. This week we're bringing you a different kind of world-building experiment that we're calling the Cosmic Dandelion. That name's going to make sense in about half an hour or so. But basically we decided to turn off the timers, throw out the hot seat, and just spin an idea around for 40 minutes or so. If you like this format, let us know. We generally prefer having a timer because it keeps us focused and on track, but we'll always have the cosmic dandelion. So uh, just to catch you up, Maria, okay. uh, what we're doing, uh, it's probably going to have multiple subtitles, but we're calling it Oops, No Timers or <laughs> Pod of Wonder Unleashed. Pod Gone Wild. Basically, we're just going to do our, our usual make something up on a random Wikipedia article, but like no no timers, no hot seats, no segments. We're just going to make something up until we're done with it. Okay. Probably like 45 minutes max, because that's probably the most listenable that uh, we could be. <laughs> oh, come on now. That, that's right. 2021 is the year of... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're gonna- I'm not counting that as down on us. That's just realism. I think that yeah. that stands for most people. I, on, I Honestly, if a podcast is... Oof, depending on which one, like it'd be 45 minutes to like an hour range, it's got to be something special. Yeah, not not us specifically, but podcast in general. Yeah, this is a practicality thing. Um, like over an hour is pushing it. Mm. Yeah. So it just can be anything that you're just going to talk about for a little while. We're going to like figure out a, a, a genre and a thing, but then we'll. Uh, mm. Do we want to do it in reverse? Do we want to generate our articles and then kind of pitch which one would be a fun genre and then thing? Yeah, I like that maybe kind of reverse it a little bit we we agree on one article and then like we we pitch genres and elements for it instead of the other way around yeah okay all right to the wikipedia oh okay i know i must be in a good mood the first thing i uh clicked on i was like oh <laughs> oh this uh this is interesting in a a small small world kind of way i got the checkers speech uh, <laughs> a an address made by then california senator richard nixon six weeks before the presidential election where where he was a vice presidential candidate basically he, he had been accused of some financial misdeeds and basically did this big primetime speech where it's like no, no, it's cool. Uh, everything's okay. And I got my ca- I got my kids a dog who is named Checkers. Distractions. Pretty much. Look at the dog. Look at the dog. Uh, Maria, it sounded like you got a fun one. Uh, I don't think it works for the, the new concept. Okay. I had the Bum and Hat railway station, and that was just something that I would have riffed off of <laughs> randomly for a long time, but it, <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work as I think a general. I mean, it would de- depend on the genre we come up with. We could do like like a scenes from a diner type thing, where except it all takes place in a railway a railway station. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of places you could go with a railway station, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I, I think I'm always kind of drawn to those articles 
where it's about the spaces between spaces where it's not the destination, but the mechanic to getting to the destination. I think that's the most poetic thing that's ever been fucking said on this, on this podcast. Pot of wonder (laughs) spaces between spaces. (laughs) Anyway, I'll keep rolling. Uh, I have it saved, but I'll keep rolling on this other. I got burning Rangers, a 1998 action game developed by Sonic team and published by Sega for the Sega Saturn. It's set in a futuristic society where uh, fire is the remaining danger. Players control one of an elite group of firefighters, the Burning Rangers, who (laughs) extinguish fires and rescue civilians in buildings. I kind of want to try to figure out how to play this game. That sounds fascinating. I'm like, I can't, I can't do anything with this. This is too awesome. I need, I need something a little shittier. We may have gotten this one a while ago, but I don't remember. Uh, I got the thylacine better known as the Tasmanian tiger. Oh. Yeah. Extinct carnivorous marsupial native to the Australian mainland and the islands of Tasmania and New Guinea. It was one of the largest known carnivorous marsupials. (laughs) Fascinating old guys. I want to talk about those guys. I mean, as, as a part of something. Yeah. I got onto theology. (laughs) Uh, the ontology of God and or the theory of being theology of being. Wow. There's, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heidegger, Kant. Yep. Let me skip that. That's, that's a bit much <laughs> for the moment. <laughs> oh no, we lost a Danny. Wait, we can't lose a Danny. We lost a Danny. But without Danny, there's, there's no uh, translation into reality. Do, do we really exist if there's no Danny? Danny, Danny is the one that records us. If Danny isn't recording us, then how will we ever know that we truly existed in the moment? Ooh, fuck, do we even exist now? I, I, don't, I don't know. Quick, Danny is typing. Well, you're the one who rolled up the article on the nature <laughs> of God. Like, you should understand this. Read the article. Maybe it'll give us some insight. I die. See, Danny confirmed it. He died. So I guess we're just going to disappear. How are we talking now if we're just figments of a dead man's imagination? I know. Yeah, it's true. Our, this conversation is suddenly meaningless because it can never be recorded or communicated to anyone else. I don't know. I hope it's I hope it's still recording at all. It'll be lost to... No. Uh, the, it says it's still recording. So what uh, what you missed is uh, I decided Burning Rangers was just too perfect. There's just too much going uh-huh. on. There's It's like so... It's already there. It's already talking about a game I actually want to go out and play. Um, uh-huh. And then I rolled up the Tasmanian Tiger. Ooh. Wait, are you serious? That's how far back Danny dropped out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Two minutes. Oh, I am so sorry. Yeah. That's, that's existence. We got usable content. Mm-hmm. Well, if it makes you feel any better, we were talking about you as if you were the aspect of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some fun Easter eggs for you uh, when you get around to editing this. Okay, so yeah, I got the Tasmanian tiger. What do we want to go with, Maria? Did you hmm. did you found a new guy, right? Uh, I have Gerald G. Fishman, uh, <laughs> electrical engineer and businessman. Not really. So the answer is not really. Gerald G. Fish. I like that name though. Not unless you wanted to go with the uh, uh, ontology. Oh, ontology. That's that's right. I forgot about that. 
Ontothology. Ontothology, the study of God. Yeah, um, I don't know. So yeah, study of God, Tasmanian tigers. Hmm. I feel like, yeah, the study of God might be a little too dense for what we do <laughs> here at Pot of Wonder. Yeah, that, that's definitely my thought on it. I said as much as I wanted to say about it in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea, idea of doing the Tasmanian tiger since it is extinct. There's some stuff there uh-huh. to it. Mm. There's a story there. And I think we can kind of, we kind of got our, our run of genres and things we could kind of work with this. I'm into that. The thylacine. Give it a quick glance and then figure out what the hell we're doing with it. Closest yeah. relatives are the Tasmanian devil and the numbat. Did not realize that Tasmania was named after Abel Tasman. 1642. Of course, a white man would name it after himself, but. I don't know. I just never thought about it that that much. Yeah, me either. I always thought it was a weirdly, obviously not named after the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. Just more colonialism. <laughs> Oops. All <laughs> colonialism. <laughs> they were originally placed in the same uh, genus as possums. Originally described uh-huh. as the dog-headed possum. I like that. Sounds like a sick metal band. He could open his jaws up to 80 degrees wide. Got to get all the foods in. Yeah, it's like a right angle almost. It's like me at a buffet. Ugh, I can't believe we can never do buffets again. Thanks, COVID. Good. Yeah, probably never again. <sighs> Damn it. It has an awkward gait making it unable to run at high speeds. <laughs> could hop like a kangaroo. Also able to balance on its hind legs and stand upright for brief periods. I mean, dogs can do that, too, if you motivate them and train mm-hmm. them enough. Mm-hmm. Way to show off, Tasmanian Tiger. Jeez. Whoa. Don't need no no human tell him how to stand up. <laughs> Just do it on his own. The paleontologist Mike Archer reported about the possibilities of resurrecting the thylacine and the gastric brooding frog. That's another metal band I'd go see. I'm Im- imagining the poster like tonight brooding frog <laughs> except it's in that like that unreadable metal band font that, that just looks like a pile of sticks mm-hmm. two million years ago they evolved wow two million years ago and we we managed to kill them off in the last like two years yeah, we killed them off. It took like 250 years between the time they were like first actually recorded and their extinction. Come on, people. <laughs> it it does say it could have also been the dingoes. So, well, I don't know. What were the dingoes brought by people or some bullshit? The like- dingoes ate my tigers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think the dingoes were also brought by people, actually. Huh, and now they're also saying, based on studies, that for the most part, that they were like a lot, uh, they're closer to 37 pounds than like the previously believed 66 pounds on average. So, yeah, it looks like they probably ate, they were probably small boys who ate smaller guys. Well, is that always true, or was there a change over time? I don't know. It was just, I think it was going on the average um, and trying to figure out what they what they might have eaten. And also like, are they pack hunting animals? Because you you have eight guys with the, you know, weaker jaws that might 
lend itself to a larger prey than one guy. Uh, I don't think so. Like the, it kind of seems like they're pursuit predators. So they just like chase one thing until it's too exhausted to, to run anymore. And then they just gulp it up. Oh, so they don't even, Oh, I was, uh, yeah, I was looking at that. Like a lot of actually early humans and a lot of actually not even early humans, still humans do that. That's one of the things that's like the coolest Mm -hmm. thing, thing about humans is that they can, even though they can't run fast, they can run long. So yeah. you can chase an antelope for an entire day and eventually it'll just like sit down and mm. it can't go anymore. And then you just go over. Yeah. Like when I first read that, like I think that was kind of something I would want to draw inspiration from, like maybe transport this into like, a spaceship or something like in a world where like fuel sources are scarce, but like this, this ship somehow has like a a good fuel capacity that it can just sort of like pirate style, like chase down other ships. And then like when they don't have any more fuel left to keep running, like that's when they can strike. Ooh. Oh, good. I like the idea of turning this into a spaceship. Mm. Me too. Like that's an that's a very interesting twist on it, especially yeah. because maybe and you know I think you mentioned some sort of pirate ship sort of deal, like it, it, because they couldn't quite identify where the Tasmanian tiger fit into fit into animals. Um, mm. There was a lot of misclassification and trying to and uh, figuring out uh, what other animals it's related to initially. So maybe whatever the ship is, it it's something that's that they've hunted down for a while and try and uh, different groups were given credit with its, for its actions until people finally realized, Mm -hmm. Oh no, this is its own thing. Yeah. So it kind of, to me makes it seem either it's something that is unknown or something that was like the last of, of something like, like Mm -hmm. a threat that people thought had been defeated Mm-hmm. but it suddenly resurfaces. Well, maybe it's something that's only a threat because uh, other forces. <laughs> yes. It's once again, it's always colonialism um, kind of infringed on their space. Mm-hmm. They were kind of happy doing their thing. And suddenly, why is this mysterious spaceship attacking us? We didn't do anything. We're just here existing. Why is it attacking our, our convoys and stealing our resources? Like there's, there's a whole section of this article that's like unconfirmed sightings. Uh-huh. It it's almost maybe like cryptid almost mm-hmm. where yeah. like it, it's a thing it definitely it definitely ex- like there's enough sightings of it to say hey maybe this is a thing that that we never knew existed or is a thing that we thought was gone but maybe it's still out there. So things that uh, things that the world at large that we're talking about knows versus what's the truth, I am which is I, I don't know a fascinating thing that we got into last season. Maybe this thing is kind of some sort of like biomechanical ship, mm. like it's a little bit more of a living thing than just a spaceship. But the everyone else doesn't necessarily know it. So yeah, maybe they thought they drove it to extinction, or you know they took out this enemy fleet. Um, that would pop up from time to time. And then it starts resurfacing, resurfacing, come to find out maybe whatever was creating these ships has started breeding again. Is that too weird? Is that too out there? 
No, I love that. It's like, so is the ship almost a, a civilization's last hope? They send them out hmm. with the, the, you know, the downloaded, you know, aspect of their being uh, in the ship and then it exists on its own. It, it, it acts to, for survival, uh, looking uh, to, to maximize uh, its existence in the world until it can find a place to start regrowing their people. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking they'd be, I thought the ships themselves would maybe be some sort of animal or beast, but I like the idea of whatever they're, the ships are connected to whatever the, the race they're carrying in that they're kind of carrying these seeds that grow the race like these kind of arcs it's kind of a nice twist on the typical we've got a bunch of space colonists frozen inside like oh the idea of like finding they've got to find the right world to like yeah bring their people back and it's just these ships containing the information to grow oh my gosh i mean maybe like drop ship style where Mm. it it's literally a seed and like it tries to find the right world. Like the, the biological part of the ship will like become uh, like fertilizer for the seed. The mechanical part is kind of like shelter. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's this, these last bits of a lost civilization trying to just in a last ditch effort, send out all these, these ships to find a new place to keep growing. Hmm we make them maybe a little more plant-based because I, I think that's kind of where we're going with the idea mm-hmm. of the seed. Yeah. But if you, if you look at a plant cells versus uh, animal cells, they're a lot more rigid and there's this kind mm-hmm. of nice hexagonal structure to them. So I think we could get away with these craft looking more like typical spaceships, but there's just something off about them and that's the organic kind of part of it. Yeah. Like there is kind of a, no, oh, this looks like some there. There's lines and, and vertices and angles and planes. Like this looks like a spaceship mm-hmm. built by something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also like that about being a kind of plant like. Is it? It makes it feel less like an, an invasion type thing, mm-hmm. where it's just like it's just what a plant does. Like it sends out spores, or like it gets other creatures to carry its seeds far and wide. Like there's nothing sinister about it. It's just like plant instinct doing what plants do. I like that. It's almost like it's somebody maybe in kind of the, the cosmic mythology of these, of these beings, uh, it, there was kind of some sort of cosmic dandelion explosion that t- just kind of sent their race spiral spiraling through the galaxy. It also almost mm-hmm. leaves room for the ship and the ships like it to be their own beings that mm-hmm. are also carrying with them this history and and reality of another mm-hmm. yeah uh there, there was something in this article where the thylacine kind of had similar traits to um i think it was wolves and tigers mm-hmm. like they're not gen they're not genetically related to them but they have the kind of evolutionary adaptations that wolves and tigers have so what if this is like an origin myth, even like millions of years ago, the great cosmic dandelion was blown, <laughs> spreading seed pods throughout the universe. And 
each one lands on a different planet and mm-hmm. sends the the creatures there down separate uh, but similar evolutionary paths. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So it, if maybe if we were to apply a narrative to to so, uh, somewhere in this world, maybe. I mean, maybe these these beings become more evident because humanity is expanding into further reaches of space. They see more of them. They mm-hmm. wind up hunting them down because there's a communication gap and so many misunderstandings. But maybe one of the, the part of this ship is recovered or one of the kind of little pods inside that would grow a being and they do tests on it. And there's a very, very close match to human DNA, mm. like a 98% match or something like that. And then that reflects a conversation about who are we? Are we one of these mm-hmm. civilizations that came up independently? Like yeah. the, the spores reached everywhere in each colony with these different uh, environmental effects upon them grew up differently. Are we just looking at our brothers and sisters on mm-hmm. other planets? Yeah. Are they us or are we them? Mm-hmm. I, th- well, I think at least in terms of like the world at large, that's what they're trying to figure out. The in terms of the the humans who discover make this discovery, like maybe kind of in the way how like our scientists like through like I'm not smart enough to properly describe this, but like pot of wonder they see. A- <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> like 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 the evidence they use for the big bang is like like physically if this occurred this thing would have happened this thing happened so like we can sort of prove that this thing exists like not through direct evidence but like the ripples of what that evidence could be i don't know i don't mm. I have a good I, enough I, point I, with I that i kind of see where you're going i i just like there's something very sad about the the end of the thylacine like the last of its kind died in captivity. Mm-hmm. And I just really like us turning that around into like the birth of the universe, basically, or mm-hmm. like yes. the birth of dozens of separate civilizations. And they, they realize like, Oh God, we've been wiping out our genetic cousins because we kind we, we completely misunderstood, like maybe because there's no captain of these ships, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you can imagine like if they're encountered out in the wild, somebody tries to hail them there's no communication back in a way that they would understand. It'd just be noise, I imagine. And uh, so they just keep shooting down these things thinking they're hostile. Yeah. yeah. This is like the realization that like either ends or at least calls into a question the point of, of some big galactic conflict is mm-hmm. the discovery that we're, we're really all the same. We have the same origins. Mm-hmm. Like we have more in common than apart. It was just through like accidents of fate or whatever that we ended up on our planet. You ended up on yours. I want to say maybe there's go ahead, Maria. Sorry. Well, I was just thinking, so is quote God in this world, the original closed world where all of these things existed. And then they set off the dandelion explosion, which is the big bang, uh, which sent out, uh, matter and also life to all of the the rest of the universe as it spread apart and and things grew on different worlds and in different ways. I, I'm something I thought about just to add a layer of mystery to it that we might not have the answers for. What if in their try they're tracking things and kind of like what, what Danny mentioned earlier with kind of the 
a certain conditions were satisfied to to acknowledge that that big bang happened what if they acknowledge those same conditions but realize they happened at a separate time so there was the big bang and then there's the big life bang okay. like they they did the, <laughs> which I, I don't even know what that sounds like i can't make a joke because it just sounds so terrible but the big life mm-hmm. bang um hap- the big le- life bang happened maybe uh they can determine maybe at least like a million years after the big bang itself. A billion. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll make it a, make it a nice, even billion, but they can't explain why there's no explanation why these two events would be separate uh-huh. and not, and the second one wouldn't have a much more drastic effect on the makeup of the universe. There is that theory of the little bang that mm-hmm. like deals with our solar system specifically, like, like how our own group of eight parentheses, nine question mark planets is <laughs> there's like a, a little bang that created all of these things. So maybe there was that initial cosmic dandelion. We'll keep calling it. And mm-hmm. then maybe little sub events, like maybe some, some seeds kind of fell down to a planet. Maybe some seeds kind of transformed into their own planets Mm-hmm. Or like, like, like fell that. into orbit around something else and became a moon. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that, I was just really excited by that idea. Mm. <laughs> I didn't have anything to say. I think this, even long term, this is something we can just keep doing as bonus content is kind of filling out this cosmology and like different planets that end up being created. We're building up an origin story for a whole universe. Yeah, this is, I like where we're going with this. Um, <laughs> It's not just an origin story, though. It's also like this big giant mystery. I think we just, I think yeah. we just gave J.J. Abrams eleven seasons of a TV show. But yeah, uh, so you've got the cosmic dandelion. God, I had a thought, and just boo, gone. Um, somebody else talk, so I'm not, I'm not just brain farting all over the audio. Why don't we use this opportunity to take a small break? Yeah, okay. I like that. And maybe maybe come back and because maybe I think there are a couple more corners to flesh out. Um, mm-hmm. But my God, we've created the best kind of monster here today. Yeah, space. Oh, I'm so upset that wasn't Corden when you said that. All right, I'll say it again, and everybody act like it was twice as funny as it was the first time. The little bang theory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Inter- interjecting a mean, track here. Bazinga. <laughs> oh, God, we're going to get copyright sued for that. Copyright sued, that's definitely a, the correct legal term. Yeah. Sure. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we kind of talked about, uh, you know, it was a, these things, uh, these beings went extinct. They realized the last one was uh, kind of died in captivity, but there have been other sightings. What kind of other sightings have, have there been, and why has it been so hard to actually confirm them? Because if they are indeed creatures that don't exactly translate into the new world um, exactly as they were in the in the original, that somehow mm. in the zeitgeist mind of each world's Hmm. community uh they can see in the corner the corner of their vision the original when they when they view earth 
thinking of or viewing. So it's kind of a, like, it might not really be there, but it's always there. I'd like that as kind of like yeah. a, like a subconscious, maybe like semi-psychic ancestral calling. Yeah. Like to take a, a step back even before the sightings is we've, we've kind of been assuming as, as a human default, but like the thylacine, it, it can stand up on its hind legs for short periods of time. It honestly sounds like a very awkward animal. Like it's not able to run very fast. It can hop around. Mm-hmm. Like, like what if that is kind of our, our base species is a kind of dog, like humanoid. Mm. You know how sometimes embryos at a certain point and different species all kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. And these ships kind of have, I guess, the seeds for life. So maybe it's some sort of like weird baby doll embryo thing mm. that doesn't even look necessarily that human and looks kind of like a sp- you'd expect some sort of space alien to look like. I, you keep saying that we were uh, uh, coming at it from a human standpoint. I don't think that I was thinking of it that way. Yeah, well, I mean, not from, like, a human standpoint, but we're assuming, like, that these were humans finding these non-human creatures. Mm. But I'm kind of imagining maybe, like, the the seed pods were almost like a Lego set, where, like, it it, it contained a few building blocks, but, like, based on the environment it lands on, it, it assembles those blocks in certain ways. Like, if it lands in a water planet, it it can kind of make a creature like based on the surroundings mm-hmm. of that, or like if it lands in dirt or fire or oh, like whatever, whatever it ends up with, it, it arranges these base parts into kind of a different creature that is still genetically similar. Oh, so maybe that lends to the weirdness and mystery when they, when mm-hmm. the humans capture one of these things, because it doesn't adapt to be human. It adapts to, to be inside of a spaceship. I'm saying there aren't even humans. Like there is no default species in this world. Mm. Like yeah. e- everyone is, ends up looking very different. And that's why the discovery that we're all genetically related is such oh, a big thing. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So more of a cantina, a, a deal than a, yeah. Than a Starfleet Academy where it's, here's mostly humans, but Oh wait, there's a dude with a green face. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like, I like that. Like I'm a I'm a crab person. There's a wolf person there, mm-hmm. and we find this ship that says we're actually cousins. I think I think that still kind of stands though. I, I, maybe it still does adapt to the ship, and it doesn't look like anything they've seen before. It doesn't look mm. like any any species they've met, because here you have this thing growing and changing in a way it's not even necessarily prepared for. So it looks extra odd. I yeah. just need to in, interject here that I know we've mentioned before that Orson Scott Card has uh, is mm-hmm. problematic, mm-hmm. but uh, I keep thinking about Speaker with the Dead and the planet there where there's the pig people, and the second phase of their life is as trees, uh, and they're mm. and they're. The pig people, the, the they enter the second phase of their life by, by being flayed and laid in the soil, and they become trees. 
and the trees are the adults of the species, and it's very confusing for humans. Huh. I just felt hmm. like since we're probably a nerd podcast, and I'm thinking that, I should probably mention it. No, no, that's... Huh, I like that that idea that, that it takes different forms, but I think that can kind of commingle with the, the mm-hmm. Danny's idea that these things are yeah uh, built to adapt. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. It sounds super... Yeah, like maybe just as a, for the sake of organization and kind of like story building is maybe in this one, maybe in a future episode, we create like a point of view race. Like, mm. like we, we build them up and through, th- we can use them as kind of a, a way of seeing the universe. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I mean, you have to, right? You have to have eyes. It's like, like if, if the pig tree people were the main characters and then they, they interact with these, these tall fleshy things who basically remain the same over their lives and just get slightly bigger. Like that's, that would be weird for them. Mm-hmm. I like that. But I, I I do think it kind of, it can still tie back to the original idea that uh, proper space society I guess is expanding into different regions, mm-hmm. and that's why they're now kind of butting up against these things. Yeah, at least initially, and then expansion happened too fast. Maybe because all these different creatures all kind of eventually, one way or another, have access to the like that base kind of spaceship seed pod thing, they kind of all develop space travel around the same time. Mm. So it's like a bunch of different races all kind mm-hmm. of running into each other all at the same time. Mm. And and so it it's not immediately like a, a like a hostile thing of like two strange parties meeting together, but like a lot of confusion as eight strange parties all kind of meet each other at the same time. I think that's almost kind of the prequel to where we're at in this world because it's the yeah. aid of, you know, it's all of those groups kind of meeting up and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are slight variances in what level of technology they've reached. But yeah, I, I like the idea of them getting to a close enough point all at the same time and then meeting each other and like, Oh, Hey, we're all so similar. It's a mystery how this happened. We yeah. don't know, but let's form a, a giant central space government and go out there and explore together. I feel like nothing that we've come up with today is like in universe common knowledge. It's mm-hmm. all like background stuff that like might get explored over the course mm-hmm. of the series. This is this is sixth season reveal shit. Is this our our stealth season six entry point? Oh, no, 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 no. I meant like if this were a TV show, what we're discussing here is stuff that would oh, be okay. revealed like okay. at the end of season six. Sorry, yeah. the, the numbers just matched up too coincidentally. There. Okay. My apologies. <laughs> No, got it. But I, I do like the the idea of this world being something we kind of come back to from time to time. Yeah, like it, it's a good source of bonus content to just mm-hmm. like, hey, let's let's make another world, let's make a race, let's mm-hmm. build up a Starfleet Academy or whatever. Yeah, I don't think we've never really done like a purely sci-fi season, so this is kind of a nice. We haven't. Yeah, so it's kind of a nice way to kind of. Say, let's do just a pure genre thing in our own way, but not something mm-hmm. we necessarily focus on. Yeah. It's funny because you're, it's sci-fi for sure, but also told, there's no reason why it couldn't be the truth of our existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, Maria, we did, we did actually get into the, the nature of God. 
<laughs> we, we somehow brought that article in anyways. Nice. Goddamn. I, I, I think we've kind of, we've run the course on this part of the universe. Yeah. I think to expand further, we'd have to generate another article, but I think, uh, yeah, like we've, we've gotten as far as we can without getting really specific about something. Mm-hmm. So this is a good, like overview to start off a world in. Yeah. It's a big central mystery. We've got our, what, <laughs> and we also have the, uh, the answer to that mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We have a, a mystery, the solution, and we just need to fill in everything else in between it. But also a slightly bigger mystery with why was there a second big bang? Why, why the life mm-hmm. bang? Why life bang? Yeah. But I also have to ask, um, this is based on marsupials. Are all of these creatures, do they all have pockets on the front of them? I'm going to say mm-hmm. no for the sake of, I don't know, just imagining this as some sort of TV show or something where you've, Although that would be a fun little thing where it's like, oh, some this person's a human. Oh, God, they've got three babies just hanging out in their stomach. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Danny, what do you think? Yeah, I've been trying, like, I mean, not really trying, but the fact that, like, this is one of two species where, like, male and female have genital sheaths, like, oh. that seems important to me in a way that I don't want to explore too much. Oh, me too, actually. I, I, I. Ooh. I, I don't know why, but you saying yeah. that makes me super interested. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what that would be in the world, but, like, if it's one of two creatures in existence where this was a thing, that has to be important somehow. Hmm. So, welcome to our world where the genitals are covered up and the genders don't matter. And even the trees yeah. have pockets. I'm... <laughs> Yeah. Just look at a tree and there's this giant bulbous sack and you poke it and just a bunch of acorns fall out. Uh-huh. Maybe. Maybe. I was going to say maybe that's one of the common things that the races have is like genders not really a thing with them. Like there's no physical differences like like none is larger than the other. Gender does not matter. Gender who they. Maybe they're <laughs> You know what? I was going to toss out an idea proposing some sort of antagonist group, but no, I think ge- gender who are they is the, the right way to end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Join us sometime again in the sporadic and inconsistent future for more. Do we want to give this a more specific title now that we know what we're doing? Mm. Oh, we can. S- the Seeds little... of Creation? Hmm. The Cosmic yeah. Dandelion Chronicles. The Dandelion Chronicles. I'm into either of those. Those are both good. I like, Se- I like Seeds it. of Origin or anything like that sounds way too serious. I think invoking yeah. the Cosmic Dandelion sounds fucking great. Dandelion. Yeah. I can imagine yeah. a, a really good like co- cover photo of like just a Photoshop to hell dandelion. Like, over like, space all the background. Little, yeah. All the little like floaty seed things in mid-flight. So many lens flares. A lens flare mm-hmm. off of each one. Yeah, from every direction, lens flares. This has been Pod of Wonder. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod of Wonder, and you can email us at podofwonder at gmail.com. Our opening theme is Opening by Komiku, and our closing theme is Galaxy Train 2999 by Milk of Source featuring Eel. See you next time, Dandelions. <laughs>